Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I am David Walker. You can call me DW, and I am joined by my co-host, Gina Kelly, and my other, other co-host, the co-host of the post-game podcast, Evan Birchfield. Gina, Evan, how are you guys doing? Doing great, David. Thanks. How are you? Good. Evan? I'm doing great, too. Awesome. Uh, Let's get into it. Uh, As we get closer and closer to the first game of the 2020 season, like literally less than two weeks away, uh, Mm -hmm. we decided it would make sense to see what was on the minds of our readers and listeners. So today uh, we are answering the questions that you guys submitted to us through Twitter and through the falcoholic.com. Go to the falcoholic.com for Falcons content daily. Uh, Let's just jump into it because we've got like a lot of questions to get through in, in a short amount of time. So the first question from the Falcoholic on Twitter, and Gina, I'm going to go to you with this critical question first. And the question is, why Falcons? Well, I, you know, I don't want to get too philosophical right off the bat here, but I think that this is really the question that we've been asking ourselves since, you know, probably around day one of, of our respective Falcons fandom. Why <laughs> Falcons? Why Falcons? Why? And, you know, I mean, I guess the answer is we are all just energy man. I, you know, I, it, it's just a, it's a hard thing to, it's a hard thing to pin down. You know, <laughs> you can go in a lot of directions with that one. Why yeah, Falcons? Do you break my heart? Why Falcons? <laughs> did you draft Deidre and Sanat if you were not going to use him? Um, you know why I'm just, you know, I'm just spitballing here, but yes, Thank you to Dave for the very, very uh, solid question, and you're welcome for my insightful answer. (laughs) (laughs) Evan, do you have a follow-up to that philosophical answer? Um, No, but I think it's more of a how, Falcons. Like, how will they (laughs) screw this season up? How will they mismanage uh, Todd Gurley? How will – I mean, the the offense is loaded, so how will they not – perform well yeah yeah and that that's what we're gonna do we're gonna answer many of those questions here great questions Dave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. shout out to dave yeah shout out to dave the falco hawk himself all right our second question comes from uh, marquez cheney uh at evs drp on twitter and he says does Gurley catch 75 passes in 2020 that's a real that's actually a really interesting question. So 75 passes is just under five a game in a 16-game season, mm-hmm. assuming he plays all 16 games. So, Evan, I'll go to you first. Do you think five catches a game for Gurley is a reasonable, or do you feel like he's not going to be a priority? Um, I, it's 
not that I don't think he's capable of it. I just don't think there's enough ball for him to do that mm-hmm. um, with Julio Ridley, Hayden Hurst, Treadwell. Um, who knows if they bring back Sanu? Um, and then you still got you know the rest of the depth at wide receiver. Um, Ido Smith and Brian Hill's going to be used a lot. And even as like focal points, when you look at his time on the Rams, because that's all we can really do. When he was an All Pro um, in 2017 and 2018, he had 64 receptions, followed by 59 receptions, and that's you know career highs for him. So I don't think it's going to get to 75. Um, last year he had 31 receptions, and they barely used him. So I'd say it's probably around the 40 mark, um, and that's not terrible at all. Yeah. Yeah. So. Gina, what are your thoughts on the 75 benchmark for Gurley? Yeah, I agree with Evan completely with that answer. Um, I think that Gurley is capable of catching five passes per game. Um, I would not have a problem with him getting enough targets to get that many catches per game. Um, But I just think that when you're looking at the wide receiver depth, when you're looking at, um, you know, just the the offense as a whole, there is – I have a feeling that this is going to be another year. Like – 2016 when Matt Ryan really spread the ball around and Mm -hmm. um, I just don't think that there's any way that he's going to get enough targets to get that many catches over the course of the season and also you know him being healthy enough to play 16 games is is another factor there but that's that's just a big unknown I'm not saying that he won't be or that I have concerns about that necessarily but I mean it's just a big unknown so I think 75 is shooting a little bit high yeah uh, I'm with both you guys. I think three per game, which would come mm-hmm. out to about 48 over the season, uh, yeah. is a more reasonable target. But 75, especially when you've got the greatest wide receiver uh, in NFL history, you've got a Calvin Ridley that's, uh, you know, many people feel like is going to really bust out this year. Uh, if if he were in a weaker passing offense, I could see him hitting 75. So, all right. And that's next- pro- that would probably be a bad sign if he had 75. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, you you know, great point. You know, you've got Julio and you've got Calvin and if you've got your, you know, running back getting nearly as many uh receptions, there's probably a balance problem. <laughs> yeah, either that or we're down a lot. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm, no Which comment. is bad news either way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number 3. So to Gina Kelly, this comes from at Gina Thomas on oh, Twitter. That's weird. So that's this, a familiar name. It is a familiar name. Um, and the question is this, will the Falcons break my heart again this year? And yes, when I asked this question, I did volunteer to go ahead and answer it. And the answer is yes. The answer is always yes. When has the answer not been yes? They break my heart one way or another. Like even if they, I could even see, you know, say that this team blows me away this year and they actually win the Super Bowl without any kind of like spectacular failure that will be mocked for decades by fans of all 31 other teams and also by Falcons fans such as myself um even if they do that I'm sure that they would then do something bonkers like cut Matt Ryan outright like (laughs) (laughs) they don't know how to exist without breaking my heart so the answer is yes the Falcons will break my heart again this year that is my projection uh you can vault me on that (laughs) (laughs) um how are you feeling about that um they're definitely going to break her heart again um (laughs) it's just a it's a matter of when i mean i don't want to break it down and yeah Yeah. make this very depressing but they 
have not shown the ability not to break your heart. So why would mm-hmm. you expect anything different? Um, I feel like I should have had the sound clip of uh, Hello Darkness, My Old Friend ready <laughs> to go. at it. <laughs> yeah, Hello Darkness, My Old Friend. Um, all right, next question to try to escape some of the darkness. Uh, and this comes from Ryan, at Ryan Lee MP on Twitter, uh, who incidentally threatened to burn my house down if I didn't answer this question or ask this question. So thank well, you. Well, then I say you get to it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> There's a man outside my window. Let me ask this question quickly. Um, please elaborate on the curious case of Deidre Sanat, a name that you just said like five minutes ago, Gina. Um, and he says, from an outsider's point of view, it looks completely mismanaged and another wasted higher draft pick. So, Gina, I'll ask you first, since you mentioned Sanat a little bit earlier. What's your take on the curious case of Deidre and Sanat? So, I do want to preface this by saying that this is not an insider take by any means. Um, I think it's understandable why fans feel that way. You know, certainly on paper, we thought he looked like he was going to be a good fit, looked like he had a high ceiling. Uh, You know, we saw some promising things from him here and there, and he just seemed underutilized. And um, like Mike Smith era, kind of underutilized. uh, The way that he used to deal with younger players. Is there something behind the scenes there? You know, was it a conditioning issue? Was it a, you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe there's more to it, but I have to say the way that it looks from the outside is, I think the curious case of Deidre and Snot is a is a good way to put it because that's the only explanation that's available to us at surface level is that the team didn't really know what they were doing with him and they failed to, to put him in a position to succeed. Yeah, yeah. Um... Evan, do you have any thoughts on uh, on Deidrin and and why we have yet to see him sort of bust out the way many fans thought he would? Um, honestly, I have no idea, and it's something we've talked about in the past on the post games where they just didn't want to use him, um, and nobody really seems to know why. It's just it's just weird, and you know they've added more to defensive tackle um, since they drafted him. Um, I think it's just more of a matter of time till he's gone and, you know, that kind of sucks. But I mean, I don't know why he's still there if they don't plan to use him at all. Yeah. Just gonna, I I don't know. It just seems like, uh, uh, one of them situations where they're just grasping for straws, trying to hope something's going to happen and, but they're not putting him on the field really. So I I remember (laughs) when he, when they did put him on the field last year, I think it was, um, for like one of the games later in the season and he actually he uh tested well on pff so you know but then that was it he was back to being on um not active on game day so i don't know yeah it's funny it seems like the falcons always have these players that you know inexplicably don't see the field and you would think they would and you know whether it's going back to a guy like lawrence sidbury remember that name um yeah Mm mm-hmm Now it's Sonat, and we're all sort of wondering, you know, why is he not taking the field? I will say there were some rumors, uh, and and take them for what they're worth, uh, that he didn't have, quote-unquote, the work ethic. That's hard to Mm -hmm. substantiate, um, but uh, I will say this. Marlon Davidson, you know, the the rookie defensive tackle that we drafted this year, has mainly been out because of, you know, lingering injury he suffered early on, and Sonat has not really, like, grab the role uh, and that 
you know, Davidson sort of passed him for. And at this point, it looks like even someone like uh, Jacob uh, Tui, 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 oh my God, Jacob something Mariner. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, to, 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 oh, whatever. Tuodi. 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 Yes, thank you. Yes. Jacob Tuodi Mariner. Thank you, Gita. <laughs> I hope he's not listening. I'm so sorry, Jacob. Um, yeah, it looks like he may be passing him on the depth chart. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you know, if you want to say that the Falcons may have missed on this pick, I, right now, I, I don't think we would argue with you. So good question, Ryan. I think what, not to cut you off, I think what's also making this difficult for us, especially, is that nobody is, like, if we had some preseason film to kind of get an idea, it's made this difficult for analysts to this whole preseason because we're not seeing them going against other guys in a game. Um, We can't really analysis, you you know, put analysis forward on what they're doing like we don't know if if maybe the falcons are like in one of these undrafted guys like uh 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 solosi latu or hinwa Alu, Aleu. i don't know um john Kamiski's still there um we don't know where their preference is going uh so it's kind of hard to be like yeah they don't like sonat or you know going into the season if he's going to be there still you know yeah, and I will say this, you know, when it comes to defensive tackle with the Falcons, the fact that they do play, you know, roughly 60-plus percent of their defense outside of base defenses, there's probably not a ton of snaps for him anyways because Grady Jarrett's going to get the majority. You know, they'll probably use, uh, like you mentioned, Kaminsky in pass rushing interior uh, sets. So uh, I don't know that he was going to see a lot of snaps, even if he impressed and especially with Marlon Davidson, I, I think the writing was on the wall for Snot, but uh, we'll see. There's still some time to go, and, and Davidson needs to get healthy before he can even see the field at this point. Uh, it looks like he's going to be eased in very slowly since he's had this lingering injury since the beginning of camp. Um, so, yeah, great question, Ryan. Uh, please don't burn my house down again. Um, and we're going to move to the next question. And that next question comes from at Chris Falcon 11 from Twitter. And he asks, and Evan, I'll go to you first with this one. He asks, will our defense be a top 16? So in other words, top half of the league. Will our defense be a top 16 defense this year? What do you think? I'm going to say yes. They're going to be 16th best, though. Like they're going to be right there in the middle. And and that, (laughs) honestly, that would be a blessing. Like that's all we need them to be. We don't need them to really be a uh, number one, number two, whatever. Be right there in the middle where you're not necessarily losing games for us. Um, as long as they're not like in the 30s or you know late 20s, uh, we're mm-hmm. going to be just fine. <laughs> Gina, what do you think about top 16? Yeah, I think that top 50% of the league is doable. I got to say, when I glanced at these questions, I read that as top 32. And I was like, yes. <laughs> top 16. I've had a very long day. Top 16, yeah, I think that that's doable. And like Evan said, I mean, all Matt Ryan and this offensive talent that the Falcons have need is an adequate defense. David, how many years have, have I been saying this since we have been friends? I mean, I feel like I've been saying this my entire life. All Matt Ryan needs is an adequate defense a top 50% defense would be an adequate defense. And I think that they could really, really flourish. And so, yeah, that I think that they can, 
they should with the talent that they have. I like the coaching changes that they've made on defense. I think that that's going to yield solid results. And so, yeah, I think that they can be top 16 and I think that that's going to be good enough. Yeah. I, I, I feel like it will be, and I feel like they'll benefit from having a Falcons offense that I do think will be better this year. Not that I'm a, and we'll get to Dirk Cutter later with some of the questions, but um, I, I do feel like Gurley is an upgrade in the running game. Um, I do feel like Calvin Ridley is going to help make this a very dangerous offense um, from a passing standpoint. Um, but also, you know, you look at the defense, I feel like uh, A.J. Terrell is probably going to ultimately be an upgrade on Desmond Trufant, who is sort of, you know, declining towards the back end of his, of his career. And I feel like Dante Fowler is going to be a substantial upgrade over what we had in Vic Beasley. So mm-hmm. those things alone, to me, feel like they're, they're going to all benefit the defense, a defense that in the second half of 2019 played much better. And I think they'll carry that over. Uh, I'm, I'm sort of with you guys. I think they will be right towards the middle, maybe – you know, 15 or 16, literally. <laughs> so the answer, uh, Chris, is yes. We, we all think they will be top 16, but just barely. Um, all right, a couple more questions before we head to the break. From meh, <laughs> at Bryant, <laughs> at Bryant uh, Grunt 311 on Twitter. <laughs> I love that name. It's so Falcons-like. Uh, he asks... <laughs> What week will the Matt Ryan haters claim that we should have paid Scam Newton? <laughs> oh, Gina, how soon do you think we'll hear those cries? Well, you know, one of the things that kind of disrupts my answer to this question is the lack of preseason because it would have happened ah. during Matt Ryan's first incompletion <laughs> in a preseason game. So I'm going to say it's going to happen either his first incompletion or his first turnover, I guess that, you know, essentially same result there, but whichever comes first in week one, that's what's going to, that's what's going to, to spawn that. And it's going to be, you know, Matt Ryan is a bust, should have signed Tom Brady, you know, all, I mean, all this kind of unrealistic stuff that doesn't make any sense, but, um, and, and completely ignoring the fact that, you know, Matt Ryan is a quality franchise quarterback. My feelings on this are well documented. I don't need to belabor the point. <laughs> uh, Evan, how do you feel about that? Is week one too soon or do you feel like Gina's dead on with that? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm kind of surprised it isn't heavily talked about on Twitter already. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's just how things are going to go. Uh, nobody rushed out to get Cam Newman although you know I I personally don't hate him like I I like that he's one of the good guys in the NFL in terms of like when he scores he always gives a football to kids and stuff like that I think it's cool um you know and I wish I wish him well I don't want to see anybody Mm -hmm. you know go out the way he did he gave you know everything to Carolina and they kind of just disrespected him the same way I think mm-hmm. Steve Smith uh, yeah. felt disrespected. And, yep. yes. you know, now he's – I mean, there's not a better situation for him than being in New England. If somebody's going to figure out how to get him to win, it's going to be Belichick. Um, and, and I think the way he, he's going to be in that offense too is going to be perfect for him because it's it's going to be a run-heavy offense. I mean, uh, earlier today on Wednesday when we're recording this, uh, they got rid of Sanu, who was one of – apparently was one of their better – receivers in terms of what they were saying in uh this offseason but um I guess the, the 
I think his 6.5 million was too much for him. Um, and they wanted to free up some money. Maybe they're going after Fournette. I don't know, but you're going to be running a lot. And when you have Cam Newton at the goal line, you're going to be running with him. So I think it's only a matter of time. They're just going to see touchdowns, you know, one Patriots touchdown, Cam Newton run, and they're going to come after Matt Ryan. Um, <laughs> it's it's just, I mean, it's, it's inevitable. Yeah. yeah. It's like Thanos. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Last question before we go to the break. And actually this one's really interesting because Evan, I'm going to go to you first. You have a little bit of history here uh, from Janissa joy at Janissa joy with two ends on Twitter. She asks, how did y'all become so lucky to get Mikey Daniel number 44 and yeah. Evan, you actually interviewed Mikey Daniel from South Dakota state. Yeah. Uh, the guy is a fullback slash running back. So, um, you know, I know she's is a little tongue in cheek question, but actually Mikey Daniel has, I would argue an outside chance of the 53, but potentially yeah. as a practice squad guy. What do you think about uh, the Falcons grabbing this guy and, and were they lucky to get um, Mikey Daniel? Yeah. I mean, I was, I think I was like probably the first person on Falcons, Twitter, Falcons, whatever to interview him. And he's super humble. Um, you know, at, at South Dakota state, the way they used him was more as like a fullback power runner, but he, he has the flexibility to play running back, fullback special teams, um, he told me in that interview, uh, and that was, I mean, shortly after he signed with the Falcons after the draft. Um, and, you know, it's came out recently that Dan Quinn's even said that's, you know, they're going to use him because of his position flexibility. Um, I think the fact that they really haven't, you know, signed much to the backfield, aside from Craig Reynolds, who they released and then brought back. But I mean, Honestly, at best, he's probably like a practice squad guy just, you know, for COVID cases and stuff. Um, but I think what's going to hurt Daniel the most is that the Falcons have a loaded backfield. They're, they're not going to get rid of Todd Gurley, Brian Hill. Uh, Ido Smith seems like he's back to full health. Um, Allison's looking good from what I've read. Um, unfortunately, it's not his fault. It's just this is a situation he's in. But at the same time, I think he could be one of those protected practice squad players to where no teams are going to poach him. And I even said it on Twitter that I I predicted that he would make the roster and I'm a stand by my prediction anyways, but um, it's, it's nothing against him. It's just, that's how the NFL works. Like they're not going to release any of these guys. I think Brian Hill realistically is the only one where they would come away saving money, I believe, but um they're not going he, they've been talking too highly of him in camp and stuff like that. So, uh, Mikey Daniel definitely will be involved, you know, but, um, it'll just be practice squad. He, he may come active if somebody's dinged up during the season and stuff like that, but he, he's a great kid and I'm hoping, you know, the best for him. Yeah. And Gina, I think, you know, if you remember back when we talked with uh, Jason, Butt last week, mm-hmm. Mikey Daniel's one of the names he actually highlighted as someone that's been standing out in camp. So, what, what do you think about this undrafted player? I mean, it yeah, sounds like absolutely. he's got versatility. So. You know, one of the things that I think is really interesting about this, um, about this season, and, you know, everything's been disrupted because of COVID, but I do think that a guy like Mikey Daniel has, 
more of an opportunity to maybe stick because of the expanded practice squad situation. Yep. Um, and, you know, like, like Evan said, I, I think that he has an outside chance to make the 53. But, um, yeah, I'm really interested to see. I like his versatility in terms of being able to be, you know, a tailback or a fullback. And um, I'm sure that the team does too. So, but yeah, I think that uh, he seems like one of the stronger undrafted free agents out of this crop. Yeah. And uh, I, I will say for, to Jason Butt's credit, uh, he has been right on quite a few things, including, mm-hmm. as I mentioned last week, when he told me during camp last year that he didn't think the Falcons were going to make a move to keep Austin Hooper. Yep. Uh, and he was dead right. Uh, you know, several months later. So um Definitely a name to to pay attention to and one that, you know, he may be someone that even if he doesn't play this year, a year from now, two years from now, he could be a player sort of like uh, uh, Patrick DeMarco where mm-hmm. you know he, he starts on the practice squad, you know, cuts his teeth on special teams and all of a sudden you see him, uh, you know, getting those starts. So uh, great question, Janessa. I, I feel like this is a player that Falcons fans may want to quietly keep an eye on. So yes. Yeah. Um, all right, before we finish out with the remaining questions that you guys submitted to us through thefalcoholic.com and through twitter.com, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. And we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is David Walker, joined by Gina Kelly and Evan Birchfield. We are answering your questions that you submitted to us through thefalcoholic.com and twitter.com. Next question from the website. We're going to go to one of the, the questions submitted through the article. Um, PACOMC79 asks, now that we're a couple of weeks away into this really odd year, <laughs> no kidding, uh, what do you think of the overall ads and deletes since last December? And what are the tangible reasons you think this team will succeed where the last two missed the mark? Uh, and then he also added, I'd like, uh, I think I'd like to know more about what's going on with John Kaminsky and Jacob. Uh, yeah, we know what you mean. I think there's only one Jacob, so you should be good. <laughs> we'll just go with Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob T. Mariner. <laughs> Jacob T. Mariner. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, Jacob. If I yeah, if I if I do get any contact with players anytime soon, I will just ask Jacob how you say that <laughs> definitively, you. so that we can get it correct. As somebody who has called everything but Gina on a regular basis, I would like to get people's names correct. It's definitely one of the names where I know how to say it. I just can't say it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that me. <laughs> clearly that's me. Clearly that's me. Um, <laughs> all right, Gina. Um, so the first part of this question, uh, essentially, what do you think of the roster moves and do you think it will lead to a better season than seven and nine? So, you know, this has been a really odd year <laughs> as, <laughs> as uh, Paco mentioned in this question. And one of the things that stands out to me is, you know, we, we, kind of were irregular with doing the podcast and we did one a few weeks ago and I was like basically 
holy shit, I forgot that we signed all these people. Right. <laughs> and so when, you know, when you think about the sum total of their moves this offseason, both the free agent acquisitions and the draft picks and the way that they address needs, I am actually pretty amped about it. Yeah, I mean, it those those reports came in slowly, you know, and then there were obviously other things going on in the country at large and lots of distractions. And so when you really think about the people that they added, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see this team take the field. Going on to the second part of his question, um, the tangible reasons that we think this team will succeed were the last two missed the mark. I have to be honest. The lack of preseason games is really and, – and my inability to go to training camp because of access issues with COVID, um, it's really disrupted my ability to be able to give you any kind of prediction for this team. I, it's right. so weird at this point to not have seen this team in action at all. Um, and so, yeah, I think that it's really hard for me to say – to give you tangible reasons why I think that they'll succeed. I mean, I can give you some theoretical reasons. One, we're going to have hopefully more cohesiveness along the offensive line. A lot of these guys will have four of the five positions will have been together now for, for two years. I think that that is a big issue. Um, If you've been listening to our podcast, you know, that's the thing that I like to harp on. Um, I do think that the addition of Gurley really could pay off big time. And I'm very, very excited to see what he can do. Um, And again, the defense, like I think that they should be a top 16 unit, like we already discussed. I think that that's really all that this offense needs. And just looking at the the caliber of talent that they have on offense, you know, on paper, this team should be successful. I can't give you tangible reasons because I haven't seen this team play a snap. And so that's just a really weird position to be in. It's, it's, it's an off season and a preseason, unlike any that we have witnessed in our lifetimes. And that is Truly. probably my, my biggest challenge going into the season is that I don't know what to expect from any team because of that. Yep. Um, excellent. Uh, Evan, anything you want to add on to what Gina said? Yeah. Um, like Gina was saying about, you know, the, the additions we had, I think it's too much, it, it, it like you look at everybody we added they're all they might all be first round picks or they were first round picks um even when we traded for Hayden Hurst he was a first round pick the Ravens oh, thought enough no of him to take um ahead of they took him ahead of Lamar Jackson so do not give the Ravens full credit for Lamar Jackson um <laughs> we have we ha- I mean Dion Buchanan I believe was first round pick Denard um as late as we got him this off season uh, he was a first round pick. Um, Fowler was a first round pick. Obviously we remember that, um, you know, cause there was talk of the Falcons potentially getting him back in that draft. Uh, right. it, it's just, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited, but at the same time, it's like my main focus and this probably speaks about how well the off season went is special teams. Like that's where like my focus, like I'm fine with defense. Uh, I'm perfectly fine with how the offense is shaping up. I think the left guard, uh, position is really the only big question mark and it's going to, it's going to fix itself. Um, and Hayden Hurst, you know, it's like at first there, when we let Hooper walk, it was like, Oh no. But then that Hurst thing happened and it was like, Oh, but he's, you know, kind of old, but then it's like, (laughs) wait a second, you see how he's, you know, how he is in camp and stuff like that. And 
you would hear all these issues, but you haven't heard anything really negative about him. Um, and I'm excited for that. Uh, but yeah, like special teams is really the only place I'm kind of nervous because they really haven't brought in any competition. Um, they let Ryan Allen walk, who was kind of like the veteran um, punter, I guess you could say, for Hoffrichter, who hasn't actually punted in an NFL game yet. So I hope he does well. But I know, uh, I think D. Orlando Ledbetter said that he had um, like some of his punts didn't look too well. Um, and then, you know, Obviously, we got Koo back there who had no competition this whole offseason. Um, not who, even Matt Bryant. They did yeah, not yeah. bring back Matt Bryant. Evan is very there's still There's still time, Gina. <laughs> <laughs> there's still a few days left. Um, but, you know, I thought they'd at least bring in somebody, you know, just right. to, like, mm-hmm. kick the ball. But, no, and it's like last year only having one kick over 50, and it was like a – it wasn't a clean hit. Um that kind of makes me a little nervous, but hopefully the offense is good enough to where that doesn't matter. Um, and then, you know, the kick return, punt returner, it sounds like Chris Rowland's probably a favorite right now, but also yep. I know Brandon Powell um, is also involved in that competition. And Zacchaeus was allegedly uh, earlier this offseason um, involved in the competition, but Dan Quinn, I noticed, left his name out recently. So, Sounds like it's yeah. down to Chris Rowland and Brandon Powell, and yep, that's exactly. probably how the final wide receiver spot will be um, addressed. Whoever it yeah. um, I'll address the, the back half of this uh, larger question about Kaminsky and, 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 uh, and Jacob T. Mariner. <laughs> um, <and, laughs> let me just say that for Kaminsky, um, if there's one player that Dan Quinn has uh, been praising the most effusively in, in camp, it's Kaminsky. Um, and I will also say this, uh, Kaminsky has gotten the eye of Grady Jarrett, who, uh, specifically pointed him out as being someone who has taken a massive leap from year one to year two. We all sort of knew that the potential was there when he was drafted last year. Um, so if you're asking about Kaminsky, the word in camp is that he looks the part, he looks like he's really. Uh, you know, spend a lot of time this offseason, you know, taking advantage and, and trying to get into uh, that next level. So, yeah, I, I think if you're wanting to hear anything about that, all the news is good on Kaminsky so far. He still has to do it in the games. So we'll see. We'll have, you know, a little over a week to, to figure it out. Um, as for Jacob, uh, he is at this point, it looks like past Deidre Sanat on the depth chart. Uh, again, as Gene mentioned, without being able to be at camp and to see the preseason games, it is hard to know. But don't be surprised if you see someone like Samant fall behind or even, God forbid, potentially get cut uh, and someone like Jacob T. Mariner mm-hmm. um, land in his place. <laughs> I think I, Jacob has a, he has a new nickname, Jacob T. Mariner. Jacob T. Mariner. <laughs> I kind of like it. We're going to have to run that by him. I will make it a priority. (laughs) Yes, I'm going to make it a priority to find out how to pronounce his name and also ask him if he is okay with a falcoholic nickname of Jacob Jacob T. Mariner, Mariner. (laughs) knowing that it is that it has been it has been given to him out of pure affection and alcohol. Um, Yes, that too. Uh, all right, moving on to our next question. I'm actually really enjoying this. Uh, also from our website, um, from Not Wema 13 
they ask, what's the main difference between the podcast and the daily posts on the Falcoholic, AKA why should I listen to the pod if I read daily? Uh, I'm going to answer this one. So uh, I also responded on the site, but I, I do want to emphasize this. So number one, thank you for reading the falcoholic.com daily. I recommend that any of you listening to the podcast, go to thefalcoholic.com daily for updates on the Falcons, the roster, especially as we head into the 2020 season. I, I would say the big thing between the podcast and the website is we often get additional guests who do not write on the site uh, to come on to this podcast. We talk about uh, the Falcons. As I mentioned, Jason Butt was on uh, last week. Uh, he is able to see camp firsthand. He's one of the few reporters who has been allowed uh, to be at Flowery Branch during their uh, training camp. Um, and oftentimes we get to dive a little bit deeper than we do into some of the articles. Uh, and frankly, you listen because you love us and you love the personalities. Uh, yeah. If I could, if I could just add one thing, I, I just to expand off of your last point there um, for people who don't know, I am, my day job is I'm responsible for all of SB nations NFL sites. So the Falcoholic, but for all of the 31 other teams. And I think that one of the things that sets our side apart is that everybody on our masthead is genuinely friends. You know, mm -hmm. we all get along. A lot of us have been, you know, very good friends for a very long time. Yep. And so I, and David and I have been good friends for a long time. And a um, yes, a decade. And um, I think that, our podcast feels like, and Evan, I certainly include you in this, our podcast feels like good friends talking about a team that we love. And I think that that's one of the things that draws people to the content on The Falcoholic, but I think that it's just kind of amplified on the podcast. Um, and so, you know, if you just want to hang out with your friends and talk about The Falcons, I think The Falcoholic podcast is a good place for you to do that. Plus, we are hilarious and we do have a lot of inside jokes. And if you don't listen to the podcast all the time, then you listen to it and we're like switching gears. You're like, I don't know what that is. I don't know who Johnny from Dorchester is. Like you don't want to be out of the loop folks. <laughs> so really I recommend both. Also, if you're driving gears. to work, you can listen to the podcast. Yes. Exactly. You shouldn't and drive you should and not read. read the falcoholic. Yeah. That's the only time you shouldn't. <laughs> yes. I completely agree. It's These for safety, very folks. good point, Evan. Yes. <laughs> All fantastic reasons. <laughs> yes. Safety first. Safety first. Absolutely. <laughs> Especially in these days. Um, mm -hmm. All right. Fantastic. I love it, Gina. Thank you. Um, next question from the website. JT33 asks. <laughs> <laughs> If Dave Choate were a delicious cheese, what cheese would he be? <laughs> Gina? I... This is so easy. This is so, like, try harder to stump me next time. He is goat cheese because he is the goat, <laughs> the greatest of all time, blogging about the Falcons. Oh, my God. Oh, my done God. Done and done. And actually, because it's Dave, he could be a beer-soaked goat cheese, a very fancy <laughs> version, okay? Probably um, some craft beer that I've never heard of, pumpkin spice, something or another. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he, he is into that. <laughs> yes, See, you, you would never find this answer on the com. That's right. That is absolutely 100% correct. I don't think well, Gina never, would ever. Never say never. That, that's true. That's <laughs> never true. say never. <laughs> Maybe during the off-season. Yeah. 
That's yep. true. Yeah, we do branch out quite a bit in off-season <laughs> content. That, that's that is that is accurate. Um, Evan, do you have a feel for what? Uh, um, no, I mean I can't disagree with her. Um, I was going to say Munster because I like Munster cheese and I like Dave Cho. <laughs> I think that that's fair too. That's a good answer. I'm I'm going to say Gorgonzola just because I wanted to say Gorgonzola on the podcast. That's. I'm that's probably it. uncultured, but I don't know what that is. I don't either. It's, actually, I just know it's, it's a like cheese. a it's it's a it's like a type it's a type of blue cheese. Oh, and so, okay. but it, it has less of a bitter flavor than I'm a big cheese fan. So I yeah, wow. I realize this is not a cheese <laughs> podcast. I'm not going to go into too much detail, but Gorgonzola is delicious. I think that that's also a good choice. I'm not saying that Dave is delicious. I'm just saying that I like Gorgonzola. <laughs> well, we can't rule like anything Dave. out. oh my god Uh, i am so uncomfortable right now (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right next question from mason saunders um at chop bravo on twitter he asks uh, confirm Fournette to the Falcons Uh, can i please take this one can i yes please please. go for it mason don't boss me. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, how greedy are we going to be, folks? We already got Tom Gurley. Okay. <laughs> we want all the first-round running backs. You know, I, I get the sentiment, like, as a as a fantasy football player, same. But this is not fantasy football. This is real life. <laughs> um, I'm going to answer that with um, No. Uh, we will not confirm Fournette to the Falcons. Uh, we're going to move on to the next question. Um, from Kyle at uh, Marchuson1221 from Twitter. Uh, this is a, a two-part question. Evan, I'll ask you these first. Number one, how many years does Julio and Matt have left in their careers? And number two, who is running back to, obviously behind Todd Gurley, and how many touches do they get a game? Okay, to the first one, how many years does Julio and Matt have left in their career? Um, probably not popular, but I'm going to say Matt has more years than Julio. Julio just mm-hmm. has always ta- – like I've always taken him as the kind of guy who would retire early just because he already knows he's going to make the Hall of Fame. Like he's, he's tremendous uh, once-in-a-lifetime talent, but um, – Matt Ryan just seems like he would just keep playing, like go the Tom Brady route and just keep playing until they kick him out. Um, (laughs) Julio just, he's got so much going, you know, off the field, he's enjoying life and stuff like that. And I just think he would retire earlier. Um, In terms of years, I would say Matt for, I don't know, another six years, seven years. I don't know be honest yeah, <laughs> that's a early four I, I try not to think about that kind of stuff to be honest <laughs> yeah. but I mean we're in good hands I think Ridley's going to be developing uh well but you know you lose somebody like Julio Jones that's uh you know just enjoy it while while it's happening okay and uh oh uh, <laughs> to the second part yeah I forgot there was a second part um Brian Hill um and to be honest uh if you know this is trivia, he's our last 100 yard rusher. So, oh like, wow, yeah, yeah. happened against Carolina in 2018 uh, when he filled in. Um, but yeah, he, uh, I just everything I'm hearing out of camp is positive. 
positive about him. And, I, and it's not against Ido Smith. Um, I think Ido Smith's going to be used more as the receiving back um, since there's no Devontae Freeman or anything. Yep. Brian Hills seemed like more of a actual just runner. Um, although he can still catch the ball and stuff, but I think the way it, it'll be used is like Gurley. Um, Gurley's going to get more of the touches in the uh, red zone and stuff. Um, Brian Hill's going to come in, you know, for breathers, give give him a rest, you know, different drives and stuff like that. And Edo Smith more the receiving back, and then uh, Allison. I, I actually have no idea how they're going to use him, but yeah, I would say <laughs> <laughs> too many running backs. Again, but a lack of preseason makes it hard. To, yeah, makes it hard to know. Well, yeah. well, what yeah. Gurley's, what I think Gurley's going to do is what Allison was like, what his role was. So honestly, I don't know how he fits into the equation, but um, I definitely think at the end of the year, when you look at how many touches per game, uh, Gurley will have the most. Which I know Cutter publicly said. 15 to 25 which seems a little high but mm-hmm. you know who knows um and I would say Brian Hill probably around seven to eight I would guess maybe per game it just kind of depends how the games go um hopefully you know he gets a lot of touches because the Falcons are up and they don't want to waste Gurley while they have the lead so yeah good point um Gina your, your thoughts on those two questions yeah I think that Evan's probably right about that and again it is hard it is hard to know without because a lot of times you know you can at least watch training camp and see who's getting reps with the first team and you know you can get a better sense of how the depth chart is shaking out this year it's just kind of a crapshoot but I think based on previous performance and I I think that Brian Hill is the most logical answer I think that the way that he laid it out is pretty much exactly right based on the information that we're working with. Yep. Um, and I, I will say uh, for Julio, I think two to three years for Matt, uh, I think Evan nailed it five to six years, which you put him into his early forties. Um, yeah. I don't think yeah. he'll, you know, do the Drew Brees thing where he's trying to play till he's like 73. Or uh, Tom Brady. Where, or Tom Brady. Yep. Yeah. Where he's only eating like avocado ice cream and <laughs> refusing <laughs> to have strawberries to prolong his career and starting a lifestyle brand and going to Tampa Bay, you know, all these. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, mm. Oh, not to go back to Mason's question, but the Falcons can't sign Fournette because he signed with the Bucks just now. There you go. Well, (laughs) I hope that he is as ineffective as he was in Jacksonville. No no offense, Fournette. I have nothing nothing against, nothing against that young man. I wish him all the best except on the football field. That's right. Um, And uh, next question from Mary Day at Maisie Day, not Mary. <laughs> oh, the 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 I was like, Wow, that's Mary. quite a way to spell Mary. <laughs> yeah, um, at, at Maisie underscore Day on Twitter uh, asks, and actually, I feel like this question is probably going to come up a lot um, mm-hmm. because of the past couple of years, and that is, can Keanu, meaning Keanu Neal, uh, I'm assuming if she doesn't he or she not- doesn't mean Keanu Reeves. Keanu um, Reeves or Keanu the cat from the movie. We're not talking about that Keanu. We're going to talk about Keanu Neal. Um, okay. <laughs> can Keanu Neal stay healthy? Um, Gina, uh, what do you think? Well, Maisie, I have to say, this is a question that has been going through my mind since his injury um, a couple of years ago. And I hope so because I love 
Keanu as a player. I love the way that he plays the game. I know that he is passionate about the game. I know that he is doing everything that he can to come back at full strength. And I really hope that that pays off for him because he is a good kid. He is a great teammate. He has the potential to be a truly great, strong safety. Mm -hmm. So I hope so. It's just those two injuries back-to-back are so scary and so hard to recover from. And so I really hope so. It's, you know, it's such a crapshoot. Always health issues with any NFL player. Uh, You know, you can – suffer a terrible injury at any point playing in this game it's a very violent game but um yeah I I truly truly hope so because if anybody deserves to get healthy stay healthy and have you know a a truly successful career it's Keanu Neal because he does work very hard he puts everything into what he does and so I genuinely hope so yep Uh, I agree and uh, Evan I'll let you get the the next question um uh, first but uh, I just want to add for Keanu, the reports out of the camp is that he's lost some weight uh, and that he is playing closer to his college weight. So take that for what you will. Maybe that will help out. It, 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 he said that it makes him feel like he's moving around quicker. Um, you know, a lot of times athletes, when they put on a lot of additional weight, even if it's muscle weight mm-hmm. um, and their frames don't support it, it does make them more injury prone. Uh, so I'm going to cross my fingers and hope that's the reason hope that the lower playing weight is going to make him uh, healthier this year. And I, I, you know, I'm with Gina. If this guy stays healthy, he's, uh, he could be one of the best safeties in the league. So, all right. Second to last question um, from Doughboy at dynasty Supreme on Twitter asks, and Evan, I'll go to you here. Uh, does Julio still have the breakaway speed? And number two, does the team have faith in Dirk, meaning Dirk Cutter? What do you think? Um, I must say yes, but also this goes back to Gina's points on a couple of questions. We haven't seen it in preseason, not that we would have seen Julio really playing during those games anyways, right. but yep. um, rule of thumb, just don't count Julio out. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think he's going to have breakaway speed until he's like 60 years old, so he should be fine. <laughs> Um, does the team have faith in Dirk? The team, I mean, hopefully does. I, not so much, but, uh, the questions is the team, I'm going to say yes, because, you know, you kind of want the team to buy into stuff. Um, so hopefully, hopefully they're, they're <laughs> buying that's into fair. <laughs> I guess it depends on what team you're talking about. Like, yeah. Does about the Falcoholic the team? No. The Falcoholic team? No. <laughs> the Falcoholic team. Oh, dear. No. Gina, what do you think about those two questions? Um, To number one, I would say, have you seen Julio play? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, he is. He is definitely. And I've been covering this league for a number of years, about a decade. Uh, He is the best all around athlete that I've ever seen. His speed blows my mind. And the effort that he puts into staying in top physical shape and being able to perform at his peak is remarkable. And so, yeah, I think that Julio will have breakaway speed until the day that he dies, which is hopefully when he's like in his one hundreds and he might even (laughs) jump up out of his casket and run away from it. Like I I would not put anything past him. Um, And then does the team have faith in Dirk? There's no way for us to know, but, I do think that everybody else is 
questions about Dirk are <laughs> very fair and very well founded. So um, I like Dirk as a person and I, I do feel bad, you know, just kind of dumping on him, but I still don't understand why they brought him back. It doesn't make yeah. any sense. Everybody is a downgrade compared to Kyle Shanahan. I get it. But yeah, Dirk, we already knew that he wasn't an upgrade because <laughs> the team had him as the offensive coordinator before. Like, it's not like this is new. Uh, <laughs> <and> so, <laughs> does the team have faith in Dirk? I hope so because they brought him back. And I hope that he proves me wrong and makes me look like an idiot for saying this. The, so. the stat that always pops in my head anytime I hear Dirk's name is mm-hmm. that the last time, you know, 20, 2018 was our last 100-yard rusher. But um, the last time – before that, that the team didn't have a 100-yard rusher was 2013 under Dirk. So it doesn't serve well for the run game, um, you know. But Now, in fairness, I will say, 2013 was um, the ghost of Steven Jackson. Yeah. And then after oh, that, well, he's got another Ram. Yeah, and, and it was Jaquiz <laughs> yeah, Rogers. But, so. <laughs> but Todd Curley isn't at the point of his career as Steven Jackson. Oh, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah, it, it, Todd Curley. I think is still on the, uh, you know, on the right side of the hill. Yeah. yeah Steven Jackson was bringing his great grandchildren to the game with his. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> all right. Last question to round out this, uh, in my opinion, very fun Falcoholic uh, Q&A podcast. Thank you guys. Yeah, I think that we should do this regularly. Absolutely. Um, yes. And thank you to everyone who submitted questions. Uh, we truly appreciate it. Uh, some fantastic ones, uh, by the way. Uh, and this one comes from uh, Football is Backaholic Matt at Falcoholic Matt on Twitter. And Gina, I'm going to let you take this one because I think you know this guy well. He asks, yes. how many points per game will the Falcons average with league's best offensive coordinator, Dirk Cutter? Well, knowing Chumbers the way that I know Chumbers, I know that uh, he will appreciate my answer which is um 420 points a game <laughs> 420 mark it down mark it down kids <laughs> oh, oh my god i'm lightheaded now <sighs> oh my sorry god. david you know i could revise it down and say 69 i think that matt matt would accept either of these answers either of these very oh, professional no. very mature answers i I, I responded 69 on Twitter, so. <laughs> I, I know. I, I didn't see it, but I knew that you did. <laughs> I, knew, I knew it in my heart. I knew it in my soul. Oh, my God. And, uh, and that, folks, is why you listen to the Falcoholic Podcast on top of reading thefalcoholic.com on a daily basis. Um, And I feel like that is Mm -hmm. the appropriate note to close out this podcast on. Um, So Gina Kelly, why don't you tell our listeners what you have going on and where they can find you? Um, You can find me on Twitter at Gina Thomas, where I am often yelling about stuff or posting pictures of my dogs. Um, Both are equally great in my opinion. Um, Also, I'm working on a on an NFL season preview for SB Nation. I have a feature on Howie Long coming sometime. I don't know. I'm waiting to schedule this, but I think it's going to be really interesting. And I'm going to 
speak with Terry Bradshaw and Kurt Menneth and Michael Spray. It should be a really interesting profile. So wow. got that cool. in the works. And then um, we do have a new national NFL podcast. If you know, branching out beyond the Falcons is your thing coming to SB nation soon at starting next week. I am going to be the co-host with my friend Amir Tyree from DraftKings Nation on Fridays, and we're going to be focusing exclusively on fantasy, both season-long and daily fantasy sports, as well as gambling. And so I think it's going to be really interesting. I'm very excited for that. Uh, We have a trailer dropping for that on Monday, I believe, and it will be in the Falcoholic podcast feed, so you can hear the trailer. And we'll let everybody know where to subscribe. And oh, I'm excited about that. Got a lot of things going on. Fantastic. Uh, looking forward to that. Evan, remind mm-hmm. our listeners where they can find you, what you've got going on. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Evan Birchfield. Um, stay tuned this week because there's going to be a lot of stuff happening. And the Falcolic will have you covered. Um, Main thing I'm working on right now is uh, a Madden simulation of the 2020 season, and it's kind of gone off the rails. Like Laquan Treadwell's leading the team in receiving touchdowns. (laughs) 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 Like like I've got part two dropping Thursday, so I guess this is going to be – this recording will be on Thursday. So it might be on the side already if you're listening to this. So when you're in a safe safe place not driving your vehicle, uh, check it out. It's (laughs) – it's pretty funny. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, everything aside from the stats is pretty realistic to how I expect the season to go. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. I cannot wait to see that myself. <laughs> um, guys, as for me, you can find me on Twitter at FalcoholicDW. Uh, updates for this podcast at FalcoholicPod. Uh, and, of course, our content daily, hourly, just about, at thefalcoholic.com. So for Gina Kelly and Evan Birchfield, this is David Walker. Thank you guys for listening in, and we'll talk with you next time.